This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad you're here as we go again together on this journey to figure out how to create a just society in our own area, our own neighborhoods, in the middle of a world that seems to just be overloaded and cascading with injustice. It would seem that there's an overwhelming amount of problems in the world, and we struggle to even wrap our minds around what is happening, let alone know a solution to it all. The other week, probably about a month ago, I was at the coast and I had my iPhone in my pocket and uh, kind of like an idiot, I with my iPhone in my pocket, I'm standing in the ocean. Uh, the water's up to about my ankles and all of a sudden this big wave just comes in suddenly, comes up to my waist and after the wave goes back out, I realize my phone is gone. I was trying to text somebody that had texted me before the wave came in. Phone was gone. You know, the wave comes in, takes it all away. And it can feel like that where like the injustices of this world are just taking control and we get stuck wondering what happened. The mounting problems in this world are like almost not just a big wave, but a tidal wave. And one of those problems is the growing and overwhelming problem of homelessness, domestic violence, drug addiction, theft, and destruction of property. And I tied these together uh, purposely because they can seriously overlap each other. Oftentimes when I'm working with a homeless person, it may be somebody fleeing domestic violence or someone who's homeless because of drug addiction or people who are homeless desperate and so they steal or they destroy property because of mental illness or whatever reason. And so we've got these overwhelming problems that are destroying cities And we just oftentimes lack the answer of what to do. So today I'm merely giving my thoughts. I'm really just thinking out loud with you on this growing pandemic of homelessness and what to do about it. But first, I want to look at failed approaches. Before we get into some positive thoughts, like what are some possibilities of what we can do? Let's look at enabling or rather look at some failed approaches to homelessness. And the first one that just came right off the top of my head was enabling drug use. We're enabling a lot of things, actually, when it comes to homelessness these days, all in the name of helping and compassion. But enabling a person to destroy themselves is not compassion. 
building up the person is compassion. And sometimes compassion can be kind of tough and sometimes kind of strict uh, on the person for their good. And we can talk more about that later. But the first failed approach is enabling drug use. This is a big problem in progressive-run cities, one of which I live in. Open and legal drug use is a pandemic and is killing brothers and sisters on the streets. Remember, these individuals living on the streets are our brothers and sisters. They're made in the divine image, just like you and me. And to enable drug use by providing drug paraphernalia and not punishing such behavior is destructive to the human person. Because of this, people are dying. And they're not just dying physically, but they are dying spiritually and dying in a way that keeps them from being productive members of society. Why would it even enter our minds to provide them safety from consequences, to be so destructive to themselves and others? You know, the times I've grown as an individual, the times where I deepened, went further into holiness, or, you know, was able to break bad habits or whatever, was during times often when I felt the deep consequences of my actions. There's nothing wrong with having people feel the consequences and not even that we necessarily enact the consequences, but rather we just allow the, you know, kind of step back, let them feel the consequences like we've had to feel in our lives so that they can grow. But still, again, showing compassion and, and walking with them through those consequences. Another failed approach to homelessness would be enabling lack of contribution so many of our programs enable the homeless to be lazy, to not contribute to society, but rather to suck society dry. And this must stop. Now, right now, I'm just exposing things. Later, we'll talk about some possible solutions to consider. I remember one day a few years ago, I was out on one of the rougher parts of Portland and I was in a homeless camp. I was talking to a homeless man about gaining some employment and finding out what his skills are. And he straight out said to me, and I quote, I am lazy and I don't want to work. I can get free food and clothes and I'm good with that. He told me quite honestly, and I had to thank him. I said, at least thank you for your honesty and for not trying to, to blow smoke, <laughs> uh, but you were honest about that. But that is the thing. We are enabling people to not contribute to society. And as the church teaches us, and as the Bible teaches us, people need, everyone needs to be a contributing member to society as much as they are able to. Some will say that if they want that choice to be lazy and to whatever, to drink, do drugs, whatever it is, then they have that choice. It's called freedom. But the problem is that this individual is sucking society dry. And most importantly, and get this, most importantly, they are not living into their created purpose. And that right there is the real problem with programs that enable people 
to not be contributing members of society is that it's keeping them from living into their created purpose and therefore missing out on the enjoyment and the fulfillment of why they're even here in this life. Please get hold of this because this is so important to understand this. A third failed approach to homelessness would be expecting the mentally ill to live like everyone else. And I'll explain myself. Housing programs often fail, and they don't always fail, okay? I don't want to make this a blanket statement, but they often fail because they place mentally ill people into the same housing as everyone else. For example, a traditional apartment complex or something like that. And what happens is because of their mental illness, which can maybe be exaggerated uh, by uh, abusing drugs and alcohol, what happens then they create chaos where they live and disrupt a healthy community. And then they get evicted. And so then now they've got an eviction on their record. And now they have a bad rental record, which is going to make it harder for them to be housed in the future. So it's really actually just unjust and unfair to the individual to try to house them in a traditional housing environment. I would advocate for transitional housing, and I don't mean necessarily the traditional halfway house, but figuring out each individual case. Is this individual ready to go from living on the streets to living in traditional housing like the rest of us do? Many are ready. I've experienced that with people I serve, but many are not ready. Many need a lot of handholding, and so they'll need on-site case management. They may need uh, uh, light, you know, where case managers come visit them at their traditional apartment or home, so to speak, and eventually gradually uh, over time transition into independent living. But we enable it all in the name of compassion. And it's actually not compassionate to put people in a situation where they're guaranteed to fail. A fourth uh, failure of many approaches to homelessness would be allowing destruction of property and disrupting society. And I see this in my hometown of Portland a lot. Homeless camps existing in public spaces. I'm not for this. Now, I'm for like villages of tiny houses, uh, sanctioned camps, meaning it, it's a place that's uh, secured. It's a place that's um, monitored where people are expected to, to be a productive part of that uh, encampment or a part of, of the, the village. But having just random homeless camps in public spaces is not good. Having trashed RVs parked in the flow of traffic. I mean, I was driving down one of Portland streets one day and, you know, it must have been 50 trashed RVs and cars up on blocks and stuff. And one of the cars was blocking the travel lane just sitting there on blocks and I had to wait. I had traffic behind me. I had to wait for oncoming traffic to clear so I could get in the opposing lane to go around this. That's not healthy and that's not good. And what's happening is it's disrupting a healthy society and it's allowing people to trash the earth because if you've been around a lot of these unsanctioned homeless camps and believe me i've been homeless in my life and i have served the homeless for decades now 
and I'm known as one of the most compassionate people when it comes to the homeless, but I'm also about accountability. And I'm also about them being part of society, a healthy part of society in the best way they can. And it's not good to allow them in these unsanctioned camps to trash the earth. And believe me, if you've been around some of these unsanctioned camps in in public spaces, there are some of them that are just trashing and hurting the peace of the earth where they're at. Also, it's putting children and the elderly in harm's way with garbage, with sharp objects, contaminated drug needles, and so on. And it's putting people in harm's way. And as one lawsuit named, and I kind of agree in this lawsuit, that it blocks access for people who are disabled, maybe in walkers or in wheelchairs, to be able to get through and access to public spaces. Now, in the midst of all this negativity, I want to share a positive story. I'm not going to name a name, but I knew a homeless man years ago who uh, was in an unsanctioned camp kind of back of the woods, and he was growing corn and tomatoes by his tent. And then he had kind of ripped out the grass in front of his tent and created a flat front yard, so to speak, with a a rug. (laughs) This was all outside. And every morning he would sweep that rug and sweep the dirt and get any leaves off the dirt and make sure the corn and tomatoes were watered, (laughs) all of this, you know. I love it. But, you know, what was he doing? He's taking care of the earth where he was at. And he wasn't trashing the earth and he was being productive, you see. So we can see positive things come, but we as a society have to have accountability. Just like people who are housed, people who go to work every day, you and I, we're held accountable. We're held accountable to drive safely. We're held accountable to do our jobs properly. We're held accountable to be professional. We're held accountable to not harm our neighbors by shooting them or by beating them up or stealing from their houses. Well, why are the homeless exempt from that? They shouldn't be exempt. They're human beings. They should be held to the same standards as the rest of society. Another sad reality in our society and and a failed approach to homelessness is that there's a, a growing complaint among employers that there's a lack of skilled employees for the workforce. In fact, a lot of businesses are understaffed these days. There's a lack of skilled employees. Well, what happens when we enable homelessness is that society loses out on amazing workers. The fact is many homeless are very intelligent and skilled, very skilled, but they're not contributing to society. They're not bringing their skills to society. Well, what if we could figure out a way to get them gainfully employed and using their skills for the betterment of society? So those are just some of the failed approaches, but let's look at possible solutions to homelessness and to these issues that arise. And I want to say, first of all, that there's hope, okay? This isn't the end of the story. Just because we're going through really rough patches of society, this is not the end of the story. But there is hope. And I would say, again, this podcast is about thinking out loud today. So a possible solution would be phased housing programs. You know, where mentally ill and chronically homeless people, by the way, a chronically homeless person is somebody who's lived on the streets for more than 10 years. 
or rather more than one year. I got a little bit exaggerated on that, but more than one year. Chronically homeless people, mentally ill, can phase into society if they're not able to make the giant leap. And it, as being a formerly homeless person myself, it is a giant leap to go from living on the streets to just getting back in the flow of normal society. Another possible solution is providing a tough approach to drugs and drug use. We've got to crack down on this. Enough is enough. Taking, we've got to take it serious that drugs kill people. <clears throat> drugs are killing our brothers and sisters on the street, and tr we need to treat the drug pandemic as seriously and aggressively as we treated the COVID outbreak. Why did we treat a virus so aggressively, but the great virus of drug addiction, uh, the great pandemic, which has killed far more than the COVID did, why are we not treating that with the same aggressiveness? Countless more have died from drugs than ever did from COVID. So why are we not cracking down on this? Why are we not coming up with aggressive approaches? A third uh, possible solution would be cracking down hard on destruction of property, domestic violence and theft. You know, domestic violence is a leading cause of homelessness. I run into it all the time. If people who abuse their partners, their significant others, if they would get the hint through tough prosecution that you can't do this anymore, we're not going to put up with a society, then maybe, just maybe, some of them will get the hint. There's an ancient Jewish proverb that says, when you beat the back of a fool with a rod, the wise take notice. <laughs> In other words, the wise are watching the fool get beaten. It's like, maybe I better not go down that road myself. Maybe there's a few people, wise people that have an anger problem or whatever other problem, and they're, they're tempted to abuse their spouse or their partner. Uh, maybe if they see tough prosecution coming down on those who do harm people, uh, maybe they'll get the hint. Maybe I don't want to go down the road. Maybe I should get counseling, get some help before I go down that road. Here's a big one. This thought here I'm about to introduce is something we've got to get serious about as a society is promoting family values again. Promoting family values again. One of the main roots of all of this is the breakdown of the family. I mean, the family's completely broken down. And the sad part is in our movies and in our, our music, it's like we celebrate this breakdown of the family. We've got to get back to producing movies and music that shows traditional family values. There is absolutely nothing wrong with traditional family values. There's everything wrong with break, broken down families. A fifth thought would be uh, being bold. And I hope you're ready for this one. Because this one's going to be tough to hear. Being bold in proclaiming that our rejection of God as a society has led to this chaos. It's not popular to say that, but the fact is it's the truth. And the truth has never actually been popular anyway, so we might as well accept that fact. But the truth is 
the reason why we have this chaos now in society, even with this homeless pandemic, is because of our rejection of God as a society. Chaos comes from Satan. Order comes from God. So an ordered society is a sign that God is in front and center, and a chaotic society is a sign that Satan is front and center. We need to knock off the woke BS and get serious. Religion is not the problem. Rejection of religion is the problem. And if you have a problem with religion, because I did for a long time myself, it's not really the religion itself that you have a problem with. It's the bad actors. And it's the fact that there's people in those religions that are sinners, by the way, just like you are a sinner. So if you're screwing things up in your life and you're, you're not doing so hot yourself, why judge people in religion? At least the people in religion are admitting they've got problems and are trying to do something about it. But we've got to knock off this woke nonsense and realize Religion is not the problem. The rejection of religion is the problem. And I ask you, we have rejected religion in the world. How is it working out so far? How is getting rid of religion working out so far in society? Not so good, huh? Since we rejected God and religion outright in the 1960s in the United States, we've gone downhill since then. It's not working out so good. So I would say get back to church, get back to the mass, get back to confession and admit, yeah, there's bad actors in the church. And when you and I enter the church, we too are bad actors. That's the story of the gospels. You think the apostles that Jesus chose were just the greatest humans to ever live? No, man, they were screwed up. And yet Jesus change their lives because they were willing to confront themselves in the presence of Jesus. A sixth and final thought I would say in your neighborhood, take ownership, take ownership of your neighborhood. Just say, get to the point. Enough is enough in our neighborhood. We will love and we will show compassion, but it's going to be a real love that does not condone destructive behavior. We will have an ordered neighborhood. And if homeless people wander into our neighborhood, we will give them the invitation with our help to be part of an ordered neighborhood, but otherwise move along. You know, the native Americans would do that with some of the, the, the members of the tribe who just would not, get with the program of the tribe, they would send them on their way. Say, I'm sorry, we're not going to have this chaos in the tribe. Love is just. Love is not all accepting, okay? We've got this really perverted idea of love in modern society that somehow love means it's all accepting. No, love is just, and justice is not all accepting. As a loving person, if you're suicidal, I'm not going to hand you a gun, no matter how much you beg me. And if you're on the streets being destroyed by addiction, I am not going to help you 
obtain access to drugs, and I'm going to punish you and thwart your attempts to gain access to drugs because I care too much for you. I will not watch you destroy yourself and stand by silently, and I'm not going to stand by silently and watch you destroy our society. And by the way, not just the homeless, but rioters. It's okay to speak out for justice. That's what I do on this podcast, right? But it's not okay to riot and burn down buildings of innocent people. Not okay. We're not condoning it anymore. Justice is not condoning bad behavior. Justice desires for the other person to thrive. Therefore, justice mixed with mercy forgives and heals. So forgives and heals, but also has standards that must be met in society. Now, all of this today is a broad sweeping approach. I mean, this could be a really long conversation, but hopefully this is the beginning of a conversation. Here in Portland, there's an amazing food program. I'm not going to name it. But in this program, low-income families can receive very generous portions of food that is healthy and well-rounded. And the thing I like about this program is that in order to receive the food and to shop there is people have to volunteer so much time of work at the facility in exchange for the food. What a concept. You know, during the Great Depression in the 1920s and 30s, many dams that we have now, the bridges and roadways, they were built by hiring the poor to work in exchange for money from government programs. And maybe this is a solution. Maybe in your neighborhood, you could put down standards that say no drug use, no trash sprawled everywhere, and you have to keep the trees trimmed. If you're going to stay in our neighborhood, you got to keep the trees trimmed in the neighborhood, the, the public trees and the neighborhood looking good. Yeah, maybe try that. Try creative ways of both holding the homeless accountable and inviting them to contribute to the neighborhood as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.